0: When we think of the future of leadership in sales, what, or rather who, do we see? Women in Sales Everywhere and SalesLoft have teamed up to answer this question, and let me assure you, there's no doubt that the future is
1: female. I'm Sydney Sloan, Chief Marketing Officer at SalesLoft. And I'm Alex Adamson, Executive Director of Women in Sales Everywhere. We'll be sitting down with each outstanding female leader on our inaugural Future Female CROs list to discuss everything from their sales philosophies, to how they keep their lives organized, to how they unwind after a breakneck day. Together, we'll dig into
0: exactly what makes each of these women so extraordinary. Thanks for listening.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our latest episode of Future Female CROs. My name is Alexandra Adamson. I am the Executive Director of WISE. Today, we're joined by Jess Green, the SVP of Customer Success at Lever. Hi, Jess. Hi
0: Alex, thanks so much for having me.
1: Thanks for coming on. I am so excited about this conversation. Your interview for our blog was one of my absolute favorites. There's so much to get into today. You've had such a phenomenal career, you know, Bullhorn and then ToutApp and then Marketo post acquisition and and really your last few years at Lever have been so fascinating to watch. You've been in sales roles both on the SMB side and in mid-market You're now running customer success. So let's just start there. I'd love to hear a little bit more about what you're doing currently and and we can take things from that point.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And thanks again for including me in this conversation at all. It was an honor to get the ask and really appreciate it. Um, But yeah, my, my last few years, I've been at Lever for about a little over three years and it's been transformational for my career. I'm super lucky to be surrounded by people that believe in me and have let me trust my gut and my instinct and, and be me, which has been been great. And in the last beginning of the this year, I took on customer success for really the first time in my career, except for a dabble in it during my time at Towdap. The transition has been an exciting one, um, yet another learning opportunity and new challenges. So it's been a lot of fun.
1: You started at Bullhorn, which is a talent solution, go to Tout App, you're back in, in the HR tech world, um, and you're doing a role that it sounds like is, is kind of different and, and new, correct me if, if I'm not hearing that correctly. But like, talk about some of those similarities and some of those differences. Was there any point where you were like, oh, I'm not sure if customer success is really something I can dive into? Totally. I think for me, if I take even a step back,
0: for me, the like some of the biggest moments of my career, um, and I don't always know it while I'm going through it, but have been when I'm asking myself, like, where can I make the biggest impact and where can I grow? And it's oftentimes in somewhere that something that I either I haven't done or I haven't done fully yet. This most recent transition in my career um, was exactly that. Um, I was coming off of. I had my second daughter at the beginning of or around this time last year, and I came back from maternity leave at Lever and had been running um, different parts of the sales organization and helping it scale, uh, helping different parts set up, process, and scale, um, and build teams. And I came back, and my leadership has always been really supportive and saying, "Like, what's next? (laughs) Are you feeling fulfilled?" What are, you, what are you loving? What are you yearning for? And I got an opportunity to do a bit of growth strategy work. So market research, interviewing with our customers um, for a few months when I came back in the fall. And that actually gave me the excitement and the confidence to take on customer success. When I was done with that project, uh, we just looked around the company and said, where can I make impact Slash where can I grow myself and customer success has always been... In my mind, because customer success starts in sales. If you're not obsessed about the experience you're giving, I got excited um, looking at and knowing the team that we had at Lever and also just knowing you know, how important that part of the business is to the business. Um, so I got excited and took the leap.
1: I mean, you've seen a bunch of different parts of the revenue org, we'll call it, it. In this role, if you were to go back to your life as a, as a mid-market director, what would you change or, or what advice do you have for people in that role now that you're sitting on the post-sale side of things?
0: I got to catch up with a, a colleague of mine earlier this week. And sales and customer success, one of the things that's very common um, is leading with empathy. You've got to lead with empathy. You've got to just take a step back and seek to understand, learn who you're talking to, what's really a part of the conversation and their needs. And I think one of the things that I, I've i been obsessed with that from a customer standpoint, but not as I think as obsessed as I could have been with cross-functional teams internally. And gosh, it's just a new perspective. You just see, you think, I thought that I would look at things I would look at a problem and say, "Okay, let me take a step back and try to step in the shoes of, you know, implementation or or support or customer success, but you just don't always see what yeah. you see until you're walking in someone's shoes." So one of the things that um we're doing now that's led by a, a woman named Georgia Ortiz, which I I wish that we had back then was um, as a mid-market sales director was um, she's doing these empathy circles where she's connecting um, sales and customer success folks. And she just launched the program this week. And so we'll to be determined on all the results, but she's fantastic and kind of bringing a fresh, trying to actually bring that (laughs) into the culture.
1: There are a lot of teams who do try to bring customer success or account management into the fold more with the sales teams, but not sort of like very targeted connection is something that makes so much sense.
0: It absolutely does. I think the other thing that, um, that has been exciting in making the shift with those different perspectives is, is just more clearly seeing the different career paths. And I think it's actually... We just... Promoted someone yesterday um, going from customer success to new business sales. We have a few incredibly successful folks that have come from sales into new business, customer success. And so connecting the dots and kind of seeing those and facilitating and encouraging those different career paths and that career exploration has been awesome. And I had had a very more traditional you know, growth in my sales career up until fairly recently. So, um, and I don't think this is even that out of the ordinary. So it's, it's fun to be able to facilitate that exploration for other people now too.
1: I want to stay on this topic because I think it's really relevant. A lot of people, women in particular, have this fear that if their career isn't perfectly linear, I'm on this track and I need to stay on this track. If I diverge, I'm taking a step back or something like that. Like, how do you think about that? And how do you think about advising people on your team to evaluate things like that?
0: It's a question that kind of hits my core. It might be slightly off tangent, but I'm gonna go on a tangent, but I'll go there anyway. I oftentimes have had people ask me whether they be my mentor or whether they be my boss or my peer or people that I'm mentoring say, Where, like, where do you want to take your career? And I'm no longer ashamed to say, like, I don't necessarily have an answer to that question. I want to keep having impact and I want to keep learning. And so I got really good advice from um, a gentleman who was engaged with Lever from, uh, as a consultant on something. And I-, I was very stressed about the fact that I couldn't
1: answer that question. We're told we have to be able to answer and we're supposed to have this like one, three, five year plan. This is probably one of the most pertinent things you can ever hear. <laughs> it's true. I think there are a lot of people that if they were really honest with themselves, can't answer that question and you don't have to.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting because even like the the nomination to be future CRO is like, I remember getting this the survey and thinking, well, is that the role I want?
1: The title for this whole episode is like, the title doesn't matter. Let's talk about impact and learning.
0: Like that's it. That's it. And if you're having fun doing it, like, I'm not saying it's not oftentimes when you're looking for the learning, it's freaking hard. It means that like, it's really hard. And quite honestly, there's a lot, like I struggle every day with imposter syndrome and having to like check my gut. And are you listening to your instincts? Cause they haven't, you know, even if they do take you the wrong way, it's not like, it's not life-changing. You can learn by making those mistakes too.
1: I want to go back to the empathy piece that you talked a little bit about between, you know, sales and customer success, but empathy from a leadership perspective. You've managed teams for a long time in in your interview for for the blog, you talk about leading with empathy. Can you touch on that a little bit?
0: So, my approach is like to be very open-minded and like listen first and seek to understand first. Like The concept of empathy is really important, but what it means to me is that is I don't actually walk in someone else's shoes. So I need to ask. I need to ask good questions. I need to listen. I need to ask follow-up questions. Because in my mind, and I've said this multiple times, I work for my team. My job is to help them grow, to help them unlock whatever potential it is or whatever goals it is they want to reach. And so, so much of that is just taking the time, asking the questions, and then actually deeply engaging with the responses, not having an expectation of where a conversation is going to lead. And that's very much how how I've approached this transition and taking over a new, a new organization within Lever is I have to earn, earn respect
1: it kind of leads to my next question, which is about being a mom, and and you know I think there's a maternal instinct that comes. I'm sure I'm not a mom yet, but that comes with listening and understanding and hearing and and being there for these other people. You are a mom twice over, but you've got a new a new little one that's about a year old. How do you feel like being a mom has impacted how you lead?
0: It's an interesting day to ask me that question because my one-year-old, almost one-year-old is homesick and I have priorities. My priority when she wakes up and she's sick with a fever is to send a note to my team that I might not be as available today. Like my daughter comes first, period. I say that to my team. I say your family and your health come first, always, period, end of story. And... It's put things into perspective. Um, It's been really hard because I feel an intense responsibility for my role within Lever and what I give to my team and what I believe they deserve. But just as intense, if not more intense responsibility to give that to my kids, my family, my husband, my family at home. And that oftentimes can be be at odds. (laughs) When people ask me this question, and when I when I talk to other moms, like I and I was coming back from maternity leave this time, I was like, I need to throw out the word balance because balance is just like it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, my life is blended with my work, and I need to know that the you know the pendulum is going to swing in one direction or the other. But I'm honest with what my priorities are. I'm communicative when things come up in either place. I actually try to bring this conversation to work and to my friends because I actually don't think people are talking about how hard it... I mean, maybe with the pandemic, people are starting to talk about how hard it is more. But in the workplace, in the day-to-day conversations, I don't think it's talked about enough. So people are allowed to say, I'm exhausted and I'm having a hard time and I'm trying to figure out how to manage it because I am every day. I don't think I'm alone in that
1: you know, you've, you've done maternity leave twice now, the leaving for maternity leave, the coming back. What are some of the things that you feel like you learned the second time, or you wish you would have done the second time, known the first time that you did the second time?
0: I've done a better job after the second time, setting some intentions or setting some boundaries for myself when coming back. I don't, I can't say I'm perfect. Um, at it, but I I did a better job the second time as leave was coming up to an end. Saying what is it that's important to me? How do I keep myself in check and make sure that like I'm the best mom and the best leader? I can be and part and team and partner I can be. So I was better at I was better at that, and I think this is probably so unique to everyone. But for me, it was writing down. Like literally, I have a notebook that has my non-negotiables in it that include, like, very silly well, they're not silly to me, but they may sound silly, little things. like I, at the start of pandemic, my husband plays online poker with his friends on Wednesday, and my non-negotiable is that I'm not working as much as humanly possible. I'm not working on Wednesday night and I'm having a movie night with my daughter, my older daughter. And so like little things like that helped me make sense of the blending of work and home. I was more in te- intentional about it. And the other thing I would say to anyone going on leave is like, you don't know how you're going to feel about going back to work or how you're going to feel about being on leave until you do it. Um, so don't try to overthink it and listen to yourself and to your instincts because you have them.
1: I think that's great advice. And, and I think writing things down and being very intentional about your time and your space is brilliant. And it's it's almost a way of giving yourself permission to take that space. I think in sales, especially, there's this feeling of like, always oh, needing to be on for your team or your customers. And, and it's almost this like, we create our own beast. I, I worked with someone... For a long time, who gave me great advice? It was like, "What makes you think you're so important that if you disappear, this is all gonna like?" It's so true. <laughs> um, and it was it was one of the best pieces of advice I've ever gotten. People do it when they go on vacation. Right? You've got this weird fear that everything's gonna dissolve when you go away, and it, it doesn't. From a company standpoint, and for folks who are listening right now that might be interested in like how Lever supported you and things that you you think companies can do to support moms. Any advice there?
0: Lover's been awesome. And Marketo was where so my first leave was when I after the acquisition of Taudap to Marketo and they were incredible like incredibly supportive as well. You know, I don't know if a lot of you know, maybe potentially earlier on companies are trying to figure out their maternity leave policy. Um and particularly for sales, they engaged us. They were Lever. When I got to Lever, I had just been on my first, like pretty recently been on my first leave. They engaged uh, different parents through our um, our employee resource group uh, lever parents, and they said, "What do you you know? What have you seen, and what do you feel like the parents here need for parental leave, or just in general family leave for any you know family situation where you have to care for for someone else?" And so, I think asking. <laughs> your employees because it change, it'll change too and the norms change and and what good looks like could change over time so kind of keeping a constant pulse on the policy the, from a sales perspective i know a lot of companies who not personally but who friends that have gone on leave that don't have this opportunity but providing coverage for on target earnings not just your base it, it's just such obviously such a not obviously but such a relief for um, folks within the sales or any kind of variable pay component to their book. And then just c- communication and connecting with other parents who have recently gone through it. Um, I think re-entry is really hard. So creating some kind of a community where, you know, where parents coming back from leave can talk to people who have done it, be very honest about what the challenge is and what they're experiencing it
1: coming back
0: um, are a few things that come to mind.
1: I mean, I think we could do a totally separate episode or conversation about about how to do the X's and O's and the math around OTE and ramp time back and and all of that because sales is a very big ball of wax when you start to unravel what happens when someone's gone for a long period of time and and what to do with their book of business. But you know, the sooner companies can get ahead on it. And I love the idea of of just asking and polling the people internally about what works. That's that makes so much sense.
0: Your team likely has someone who's seen it done somewhere else or has had recent experiences. And so I don't know, for me, again, it's so one of the things that drew me so much to Lever because very the company very much mirrors what's important to me, which is listening and asking and not assuming that we know all of the answers, um, but instead looking to the people who have had those experiences.
1: Is there any advice you have for women listening at any stage in their career right now, whether it's about making that transition from sales to customer success, or maybe vice versa, maybe advice for, for women who are evaluating, if it makes sense to start a family, just kind of anything to, to touch on from some of the topics that we went through today.
0: What's coming to my mind is, um, is almost something I don't want to perpetuate, but I'm going to say anyway, because I feel like it's... Even though I don't want to promote it being out there, I think it is out there, which is if you're doubting yourself talk to someone about it cuz uh, cuz oftentimes you're put, you're so much harder on yourself and if you're living in your own mind there's can be so much in imposter syndrome or doubt and oftentimes you don't see yourself the way other people see you so just Take a step back and listen to your gut. But when, when in doubt, like go to the people you trust to work through things. Um, everyone works through things differently. But for me, oftentimes either verbalizing like how I'm thinking about a decision or a career move or writing it down and then having a conversation about it makes a huge difference. So find the people that you can be vulnerable with and, um, and keep those people close. And try your best to listen to your gut because you've likely made a lot of really good decisions up until this point and learned from the bad decisions. So rely on that and trust it.
1: I love that. I think that's great parting advice. Jess, this has been so wonderful. If people want to get in touch with you, I'm sure you're hiring. I'm sure the Lever team is hiring. If people have any questions or follow-ups from this, how should they get in touch with you?
0: So LinkedIn, I'm Jessica Green. I go by Jess mostly.
1: Jess, thank you so, so much for coming on. It was great to have you on this list and I'm sure people are going to love all this advice.
0: Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
1: Thanks, everyone.
0: Thanks for listening. This was Sales Loft and WISE's Future Female CROs. Check back next week for another episode featuring an outstanding female CRO of tomorrow. And until next time, this was Sydney Sloan from Sales
1: Loft and Alex Adamson from Women in Sales Everywhere.